welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what makes them magic, dripping wet magic. I'm your host, Josh Grivy, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and guy who's showing signs of underwater psychosis. Definitely Alex Dandino. Definitely Alex Dandino. Guys, before... uh, we towel ourselves off and get quit one more time. A little bit of business, everyone. This is a big one. We're on Patreon. Patreon.com slash pod. I know what you're saying. That's not a big one. We do this every week. Here's why it's a fucking big one this time. Important. The October Mega Marathon is upon you. Starting next week on October 1st, the pod will uh, descend into the abyss of whore madness once more. Every single day in October, we will be releasing a new episode. That's right. 31 days, 31 brand new horror movie pods. Uh, buckle yourselves in, man. One, two, skip to Maloo. It's it's going to be a big one. It's one of our best lineups ever. All of our friends came back to help us out to complete this marathon. We're so excited about it. Um, to get all 31 episodes, though, you have to go to patreon.com. Slash Film Alchemist Pod, where you'll find our two Patreon-exclusive episodes that our patrons voted on, and a feature-length commentary. So, guys, it'll help us out a ton if you go over to patreon.com slash Pod. This is our biggest, most important time of the year. This is where we push the hardest on the pod. This is where we try really hard uh, to make the gains in weightlifting uh, bodybuilder parlance, I guess. Uh, we're trying to get gains, dude. dude. So be our whey protein powder. Be our eight hours of sleep. Help us reach the promised land of just ripple and pectorals. Uh, we would appreciate it. October Mega Marathon Patreon. This is, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Uh, the so YouTube excited Film we Alchemist. started this episode wrong. <laughs> we did start. I always start the episodes wrong. It's fine. I get all jacked up. Uh, the email, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on. Get a hold of us. Email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Make sure you're leaving five-star ratings and reviews. And this time of year specifically, guys, what we're asking for our listeners, if you enjoy what we're doing, you don't, you're not able to support the show on Patreon. We get that, man. Something you can do that's easy, free, and helps us out the most, just text an episode to a friend. Email an episode to a colleague. Maybe not that one, uh, depending on your work's rules, right? Uh, steal your significant other's phone and just download all our episodes on it they'll appreciate it they'll thank Please. you that one i know works um guys just help us spread the word about uh what we're doing and the october mega marathon specifically so that would mean the world to us guys if you could help us out there business aside you've had enough of that business again though Patreon.com slash pod and the October Mega Marathon starts next week, October 1st. Don't turn off your notifications. You're going to be getting drowned yeah. in notifications. Why are you from- not? Yeah, why are you not just being just lap pulled after lap pulled with right. notifications by us? That's right. Speaking of drowning, speaking of drowning and being quit, we finished this month's curation. The pod gets quit. With probably one of the most ambitious underwater attempted murders ever filmed <laughs> and put on the big screen, The Abyss. Pretty impressive. Uh, James Cameron, The Abyss, which, by the way, it always pops up 
on streaming. And then we're like, we should do that. And by the time we get to it, it disappears uh, like a like a mobster who done wrong. It just is gone in the night. So we actually uh, had to buy DVDs. Yeah. Shout out to Be Kind Video in Burbank, who which is a which is a rental store. Yeah. Uh, like a vintage yeah. rental store. I went over there and the guy who works there, I can't, I can't, I cannot remember his name, but I walked in and I was like, Hey, uh, do you guys have the abyss? And the guy looked at me and goes, Oh, it's right there. And I was like, oh, of course, you know exactly where the abyss is. The man. Um, I've always loved the abyss. It's just one of those movies. There's just not a lot of movies like it that kind of fill this void. It's a funny movie because on the surface, it's a, it's a tale of underwater. It's underwater aliens, right? That's what that's what this movie is on the surface. I always forget every time I watch it how incredibly shoehorned in the aliens are. Yeah. It's as if I, you're like, well, I already got my Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper. I'm going to upgrade this with a Ninja Turtle sticker. And you're like, shoehorned is I an interesting way to put it. I think for me, this is like, this is one of those things. This is like proto- this is like proto avatar James Cameron stuff to me because it's one of those, this is what James Cameron does better than anybody is he takes a movie and makes it seem very complicated. And if you really think about it for like, I don't know, 30 seconds, like just, just consider the plot and the actual story for 30 seconds. It, the story is so deceptively simple that you're like, Oh, that seems like yeah. a lot of movie for this. Like it's You it's... know what movie is closest to this is Albert Brooks Defending Your Life. <laughs> this movie just could have been called Defending Your Species. And that's essentially what this is. We watch this we watch this really pressure pressurized morality tale. Yeah. And then at the end these jellyfish just judge the shit out of us. And I love when Ed Harris whips around, he's like, Who are you to judge, man? And I was like Yes, this is the most our species of all time. Ed, Har Ed Harris is like the greatest everyman for a James Cameron movie. He's just like, everything's kind of like jocular and sort of a joke, even at that depth. It was, it is one of those things like because of the, uh, like the Titanic submersible thing that happened this year, you're watching and you're like, huh, so this is what professionals do. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's peculiar. It's fascinating because this is uh, essentially the ship crashes underwater even though it's been here for a long time one of their ships runs a runs afoul of one of our nuclear vessels right when it does that it essentially has an emp effect that shuts off electronics yeah this causes our nuclear submarine to crash the americans want to recover it and get all of our nukes back before russians can do it presumably yeah that old chestnut of a tail Meanwhile, there's these underwater miners who can float their raft over, and they're going to be like a way station to help, right? Mm -hmm. So we have Americans versus Russians. We have Marines versus drillers. And then we've got uh, <laughs> we've got uh, that cold-hearted bitch versus that huge wiener, Virgil. <laughs> and this is our custom. Dude, I got to say, the way they... Because they start this movie, and they just start, oh, look, it's Queen Bitch of the Universe. <laughs> and they're so, I don't know if there's ever been a female uh, lead in a movie. Showed of like a Joan of Arc movie. 
Or Monica yeah. Bellucci and Irreplaceable that gets treat, treated worse. Yeah, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio really does like take a beating from the entire cast in this movie. And she is just like prolifically disliked by most she of the She just crew. like shows up and everyone in the movie is just like, what a cunt. <laughs> it's yeah. like, come she on. She shows guys. up and everyone's just like, oh, this bitch. All right, I guess yeah, we're doing it's this. It's like, hey, can we bring it down a notch on the woman who's literally just doing her job? It's fucking weird. And then th- there's one scene where she has the audacity to tell the Marines, hey, you should not bring a fucking nuclear warhead onto the station. And Ed Harris is like, can you zip your lip? Can you fucking zip your lip? And it's like, there, there is this, like I think under- she might be onto something. There she is might this, be right. There's this strange undercurrent of masculinity that like runs through the movie because like even the uh, even the only other woman on the uh, on the rig one night one night. I'm like, hmm. That's a strange nickname. And I'm just like, we're just not going to call her by her real name. We're not going to give her like, oh, this is, you know, Mary, but her real name. But we don't call her one night because she's a whore or something like that. Yeah. Like, I was just like, you she's know, good with the joystick. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, okay, pal. Guys, here we go. It's, it's like he, he remembered the lesson of aliens where he's like, I definitely need a Ripley. And he's like. But if everyone would just call her a huge dumb bitch the whole movie. <laughs> I need a Ripley, but as long as everybody I need a Ripley that everyone just persistently yeah. hates. Not comes we around. We can see to her like turning it. like rent click wrenches and shit. We just can't have her like be validated or respected. That's yeah. what we really don't want. Cause I think you could argue that Ripley is not respected all the time. But then by the end of movie, she garners respect. Yeah, there's like a begrudging respect. This one is just like, oh, God, fine. Yeah. This one, I was like, I think they think they get there. But I just felt really bad. Because I was like, she's pretty much right every scene of the movie. Yeah. And just everyone. Like, there's crucial information. They're like, with Little Geek, they see the warhead. And then she just overhears it. And Ed Harris is like, oh, great. She's got important facts to the mission. And it's like, come on. It is just like Take so strange. Yeah, they really hate her guts. The, like, that, like that aspect of the movie too, overshadows so many major plot points that I'm at the like, probably at the halfway mark of this movie, which is really something. I was just like, is anybody gonna listen to the scientist who used to work on this rig, but also built it and like did all these other things? Like she literally built the thing everyone's like living in. And the whole time, I was like, oh, shut up, you dumb bitch. I'm trying to be a big yeah. rig. I'm like, guys, this isn't Armageddon, they, all right? We can't get away with that here. No, they treat her like she's Sam Neill on the event horizon. I'm like, the difference is, is he isn't chopping his dick off and trying to stab you. <laughs> like, she's just doing her exact job, her literal exact job. Yeah. Um, no, that was weird. But I, I think I did... This is the thing. This movie is most memorable memorable because of the incredible underwater work, which legendarily made it just a horrific nightmare shoot. Yes. Ed Harris. Um, Ed Harris to this day has never spoken about his experience making this film. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of shots where you can see where it like, yeah, it does look like that person's drowning. Like it does look 100% like they're actually drowning. So... <laughs> I read about so I read about like how they made this movie last week uh, last yeah. night. Um, it was this it was two underwater tanks mm-hmm. in I believe South Carolina. One was used as like a, a pool for um, a cooling pool for a nuclear plant when they were building a nuclear plant. So it's just been abandoned. The amount of effort it was so the, fir- the first day of filming apparently. <laughs> 
apparently on the first day of filming, they know they've realized that uh, one of the tanks had sprung a leak. So it was losing 150,000 gallons of water per minute. So per like, minute? Per minute. They had, and like, you know, it's a nuclear reactor pool. So what they had to do was like, there's special concrete people that have to come in and actually fix it. So these guys, like this pool almost emptied out completely. Like the store, the production story for this is nuts. The fact that the movie oh, got dude, made at everything all Everything I've impressive. ever read or seen about this, like, because just any kind of filming is challenging enough. It's you added the, though. you add in the extra element of add fucking water everywhere. Yeah. yeah, like not only that, like not not only that, you have to make because you know it's water, so water has algae blooms and all kinds of stuff. So what you have to do is make it habitable for actors. So like they like ultra chlorinated the water, and a lot of actors' hairs turned hair t- either fell out or turned white throughout production yeah. because. It's it's nuts. It's probably because I I just watched that movie last year, I think, when it came out, The Deep House. Mm -hmm. And essentially, it's a haunted house movie that's all underwater. And they talked about how in that pool, they wanted like this old kind of haunted house vibe. So essentially, they just minced like shitloads of broccoli and left it in the pool and mixed like some milk and this and that. And they're like, they didn't realize that it was the middle of the summer. And so like that fucking place just reeked to high heaven. The food was like, I mean, it's. It's a lot. It's a lot to do. But you get these breathtaking shots of these little miniature underwater submersibles, uh, you know, riding around next to like submarines in this giant habitat that's underwater. Yeah. I mean, it is breathtaking. It's amazing. Right. Like it kind of hits a point where it's not the coolest high speed chase in movie history to watch two little dinky plasticky things. Bink, bink. Um, I think they did as good as you could. I was just like, I think there was probably a point where they hit where they're like, this is what we want in our movie, but we realize these are like the pussiest vehicles who have ever. <laughs> Again, it's fun to watch. I do I do really enjoy watching James Cameron movies uh, pre-Avatar, because especially like this, because this is 1989, and he's already pushing the limits of technology with like the CGI. This is pre- He's just a guy who like doesn't Jurassic have like- a boundary no. you know it's like that famous south park we gotta go deeper or whatever he just yeah, no he that's just the fucking bit. pushes and like pushes it's and very pushes. realistic that like his name is james cameron the amazing pioneer no budget too steep no ocean too deep who's that <laughs> hey, like, that's pretty much james cameron like and he's like yeah. legendarily known as not just being like a guy who pushes the envelope but he also pushes everybody to their limit he is like a legendary hard ass and he's like Kubrick if you could actually die on one of his movies. <laughs> yeah. Like he's like that clip in that Kubrick documentary of him abusing Shelley Duvall. Imagine a guy doing that like 12 or 14 hours a day. And that's James Cameron, apparently, which look, that's right. there's results. He's won Academy Awards. This guy has made movies that have stood the test of time. And that's, you know, that's his business. I don't care. I think what's hey, amazing, though, about watching these movies now, like watching especially The Abyss is you do just like see wow this is someone who is determined to put us in a place that we have never been before and i think that i think yes you know you can make you know, it's easy to get shots in on james cameron i i mean i think so it's funny too because he is just like a guy who pushes the envelope all the time 
But you can't he's deny the talent. Weird he's weird because he's like talented. a legendary prick. Yeah. But when you listen People to him, like, he has a master class and stuff. He he, There's like a clear charm to him. Yeah. But well, he is. Yeah. I mean, it's fun to make fun of him, but his, his movies they, are undeniable. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. I, look, yeah. I don't look. I don't like the Avatar movies. I can tell you right now, like we went and saw the way of Andrea wanted to see the way of water. And I'm like, all right. But I'm going to warn you, if this is bad, if this is bad, this is the last time I'm going to go see one of these in the theater. I was halfway through. I turned to her and I'm like, I'm never coming to another one of these in the theater. I thought the movie wasn't very interesting. However, it was made impeccably. And I cannot deny that sort of skill. Like, no one can. You cannot sit through a James Cameron movie and not go, holy shit, this might not be my cup of tea, but goddamn, did he put some effort into this. Like, it's yeah. incredible. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the... The thing, you're just kind of awestruck by the movie, right? Absolutely. As water rushes the through the structure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that that's what it's most notable about. I think the other, because that's the thing, it's this kind of size and spectacle that works very effectively, right? I mean, that just is going to sell itself. I think they do a pretty good job with a lot of the characters, right? Like, I love the stuff that, like, Ed Harris throws his wedding ring in the toilet but then gets it back. Yeah, yeah. His wedding ring holds the door open. There's kind of this, they don't spend a lot of time developing any character, right? This no. is a movie where your main character is kind of set piece and plot. Mm -hmm. But they find these visual ways. This is a classic, like, you know, screenwriting professor who never wrote a script but read the book and wants to teach you. <laughs> this is like a jerk-off fest because he's like, show me, don't tell me. Show me. And so it's while you're doing this, you know, the, the halls are flooding. Find some way to layer a little character in. And they don't, again, almost none. Like, you can't tell me much about Cat except for that he's always ready to fight with the hammer. And he's pretty loyal, right? One yeah. night, good at the job. That's about it, right? Uh, hippie, conspiracies, and a weird rat, right? Like, yeah. in a Ziploc bag, which I'm pretty sure would kill it because the arrow run. Yeah. But I they, mean they don't they don't stop to develop anything because the situation's no. constantly unfolding well yeah like you there's so much plot to get through that you have to get yeah. and like this and is crazy a, they do a good job of finding enough this is a two hour and, I think, and 50 weirdly, minute it movie. piggybacks a little bit i doubt there are many people that watch the abyss that were not familiar with his work in aliens yeah so i think we kind of inherently give him the benefit of the doubt like the other two or three marines it's like couldn't tell you their name what their voices sound like their haircuts all you need to know They're is just that, there all you need to know is that michael bean has a mustache and he is and he's losing it and he's losing. absolutely losing his mind which i will say this i love michael bean a lot mm -hmm. his performance in this movie is is uneven at best right <laughs> but when he needs to hammer it he does right i love the scene when he's, he's fucking fine. losing it cutting his arm under the table after they see the uh the kind of water tentacle yeah yeah I was like, he's crushing it there. There are other times where I'm like, does he know English? Like, what is happening right now? Like, he's he's not the stoic Michael Bean that we're used to. I think what's <laughs> it's it's interesting. But again, I think what it is is that the the plot is so engaging, and you're constantly fighting for your survival, even as the audience. That you just immediately buy into these very flat archetypal characters right we immediately buy in and we're just off on the journey and the it's so visually pounding this movie yeah every shot you're like look at that look at that look at that 
that you don't really stop about the other, but they they always find a way to get you to where you need to yeah, be. I think that's I think what, it's kind of the incredible trick of the movie. Yeah, definitely for this one. Like I think that he's done it like this on a couple of other in a couple of other scripts, but this one is a really great example of there's just as soon as you're about to fall out of love with like all these characters, and I'm not saying you love them. Sorry, that's like a bit of an overstatement because again, we were just talking about how like bland and sort of blasé all of them are. It's not a bad thing, by the way. Sometimes you just have characters in movies that are meant to be also. Set I mean, pieces. that's just that's just a James care. Like Avatar like, is the exact same. This thing. sort of sits on the shoulders of Ed Harris's performance, and Ed Harris does a really yeah. good job of Ugh. being the like proto Bruce Willis and Armageddon. Because he is I like watch essentially every movie with Ed Harris, and I'm like, how do we just constantly we forget constantly, how fucking awesome we, he is? We've like devalued Ed Harris in a way that just disturbs the hell out of me. Like we gave him, didn't we give him an Oscar? We, like well, you he know got the weird? Oscar for like, Pollock. Gary Sinise got his moment after Forrest Gump. We're like that character actor fucking rules. Yeah, and I just I feel like we never had that moment. Like Tommy Lee Jones, I feel like mm-hmm. we never had that moment to sit and just everyone at once is like Ed Harris is the fucking man. Ed Harris is always maybe there been. was that moment and we were too young and we weren't there to appreciate it yet. It could be. I mean, he's like, so fucking incredible in this. Movie. I think there's a thing like so. Pollock is a movie that I never fully watched, and apparently that's like his like about all, the shitty paintings. Yeah, he. I think he won an Oscar for it. No, I think the co-star won an Oscar for that. Well, Marsha Gay Harden won for sure. I don't yes, remember. That's right. I don't remember either way. That apparently is like the movie you're supposed to watch. Like I love him in literally everything. I can I say love him that in Creep Show, any single movie Ed Harris is in, he's awesome. Like he's always he's just always this great utility character. He's he's a lot like and he can do pretty much anything. He's like he's a lot like Brian Dennehy in that way, where Brian Dennehy also could just like sort of go between whatever genre he got saddled with, and he could do whatever you want. Like I've seen him do everything i think at this well point. like from this to christoph and truman show like he's just yeah he's incredible. just incredible like his and it's like it's almost like a thank nature he went bald yeah because it's like had he had like beautiful hair he'd almost see like the he'd be in like that you remember who this happened to was uh josh lucas yep same thing where it's like this guy's gonna do something he or aaron eckhart even almost where it's like these guys are on the ver- they're they have to be like leads or villains because they're handsome but they don't have the thing to like jump the other guys like Ed Harris being bald, put him in this perfect. It's like, all right, you need like a real like fucking guy who rolls up his flannel and fights a Marine. Yeah, I think you call Ed Harris like Ed Harris is <laughs> that is the greatest bald gene that's ever hit the human race. Ed Harris is one of those guys who it's maybe the, it's William Hurt too. The t- it's the timbre of his voice because it goes both ways. He can be this stoic like you know, stoic, all-knowing person who just has the answers or is, like, just the most villainous person or, like, in Snowpiercer, or he well, can be this guy. Those characters are not far off, right? The 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 kind of wizened, blue-collar worker mm-hmm. who's like, I don't know much, but I know what's right. Yeah. That's not that far from the guy who builds a train and says people should eat cockroaches. He's like... I just know that I'm right, and you have to do what I by say. Way, Those two I are do, not that far off. By the off. way, I do fucking love that. Again, we're at this point. <laughs> this like blue, co- like uh, there's a blue collar guy. Just you know, I'm just, a, I'm just a rigger. I'm just an oil man. I'm like, dude, 
you are working on an underground or an underwater like drilling station. Right. You have to have at least some form of actual education to be able to do this. So, well, just to operate all of that, he's like, "Nope, I rig. That's what I do. I yeah, rig." Like, and bro, it's like, "Come on, no, you also like operate an underwater like mini submarine." Listen, like, man, we all know you. Ha- we all we all know you have some sort of PhD in mechanical engineering or something that allows you to be underwater and run an now, entire. There's a reason crew. you're not a long haul trucker, right? Yeah. Come That's on. a hard job. That's yeah. a really hard job. But most of us can pretend that we're like, we could probably do that. <laughs> There's think, no way we can run an underwater oiling rig. And I think, again, that is the trick of that is the trick of Ed Harris as a great actor. It's like, we sit there and we're like, I could do that. And you're like, oh, wait. You think about it, and then you extrapolate. Then like the qualities you need are so much more than what I'm even capable of, plus the education yeah. required. You're like, oh, it's my funny. God. He makes it look easy. <laughs> yeah, it's like that book series I've been reading, The Expanse, right? Where the yeah. one guy is like, I'm just a dumb Marine. And it's like, but also it's like he's the mechanic that fixes everything on their insane spaceship. So I was like, that guy's smarter than the smartest person we have on Earth right now. Right. But he's the dumb Marine. No, anyway, Ed Harris is just because um, that's the thing. If you pull him out of the center of this movie, I don't know what happens to this. I don't know if you could have done this with a lesser performance at the core. You can't. Because, he's... again, Michael Bean is bringing I am the. Essentially, we're watching like a kabuki play, right? Yeah. Michael Bean is the inevitable madness within a man's heart, right? Mm-hmm. And the queen of the queen bitch of the universe is the you that know, kind of nagging uh, civilization that says we should do better, and is a hundred percent right. Funny ta- it's funny we're talking about Ed and Harris. Ed like Harris this, is all of us. Ed Harris Ed- is us in the middle, saying there has to be a way. To stop the war right. between these two things and do better. Well, it's funny we're talking about Ed Harris in this in this way because I've always thought that like the dual the the cast the the casting that they have for this movie, which is like the leads are obviously Michael Bean and then uh, Ed Harris and then Mary Elizabeth Mastriantonio, who's one of those actresses who also was just around and she was always sort of like wish.com michelle pfeiffer in a lot of ways mm-hmm. but then she all but she was a great she's a great actress in roddy mcdowell role. yeah you can see a lot of like people that kind of took her role <laughs> like she's an amazing actress in her own right and she's done a lot of cool shit i think what's really fascinating is again you just pull these actors together who are going to put together some like really killer performance and yeah i mean michael bean is basically doing like a one trick pony bit when you're like yeah i get it he's a fucking psychotic marine got it i mm-hmm. certainly have seen it before i'll see it again it's fine it's not that big a deal i like michael bean so i'm gonna watch i'm gonna sit here and watch it i think that that's yeah, like it's it's aquatic lord of the flies man you put us yeah. under there and pressurize some people become kind of you know uh all dressed in satin right like we know everything's okay and then he goes me and the choir boys gotta start murdering <laughs> And that's it. And Ed Harris is just us like, fuck, guys, I'm at work. Yeah. Like, I was just trying to finish my fucking 16-hour day and go That's exactly off. what Ed Harris is. Ed Harris yeah. is, oh, my it's God. Like, fuck, I haven't man. even had dinner yet, guys. Come on. Dude, this is a real thing. So I went the other night. I was picking Amy up for a concert. And I was like, all right, I'll be a little early. My mom took the kids. So I was like, I'm going to go to Starbucks and write. I'm going to be that pretentious douche. But since nice. it's in Indiana, everyone just assumes I'm playing video games and not writing. Yeah, yeah. So it's not as bad. Makes sense. But I was sitting there. I ordered my coffee. And it's just me and these two women working. And they launch into this fucking attack on each other. Brutal, vicious fucking attack on each other about all this personal shit. And this one lady's like, that's why I'm getting bullshit text. 
saying, I got to get my baristas in line. And they are fucking launching into right. it. And, I, and I'm sitting there in the corner writing. And it's me and these two women. And that's everyone at Starbucks. And they are being so personal and so vicious. And she's like, when you quit Starbucks, you said you never wanted to serve another coffee again. And here you are, bitch. And they're fucking yelling. And I'm just sitting God. there in the corner. I was like, they don't know I'm here. <laughs> like, they're bringing real life shit into the workplace. And I am just an innocent bystander watching this, like, vicious attack. And I was like, that's Ed Harris in this movie. He's like, leave that shit outside. Yeah. Please, God. Like, let me work my hours. Maybe have a beer and go to bed. And I was like, that is the most relatable sentiment yeah. in the film. Absolutely. Right? That's what really works. Because um, there is this notion. is As you see the Marines go get the nuke. You're like, yes, I know. I get this. This is what we always do. There's a moment when Michael Bean just starts carrying his gun around the ship. And I was like, it's so absurd and stupid that it's kind of perfect for this movie. Yeah. Because by the time we get to the defending your life section of the movie, it's like you really have to illustrate all the things that we're the fucking worst at. Yeah. And I was like, you shoot a bullet in this place. You could implode everyone, yeah, right? Like, I don't know a lot, but I know there are certain things that if you hit them with a bullet in that place, you're all going to implode and die. Yeah. But it's just this, we solve everything with a bullet, right? We train Marines to see everything is a nail and they're the hammer. Guns only have one purpose, and that's to intimidate and or kill, right? Same right. with a nuclear missile. That's it. They're just there to fucking kill and maim. And so there's actually this kind of brilliant bit in the movie that by adding those weapons to an environment where you truly cannot use them right that it becomes wow we're so fucking stupid yeah we're so fucking stupid not just as americans especially as americans we are the guns will solve all our problems dumbasses and you're like <laughs> yeah. literally i don't think guns solve any problems well i think that right that's... all of the uh the good guy with the gun shit it's like maybe if we just didn't have them or, like, you know, criminals could get them, but then maybe, like, the police... Do Anyways, I'm not here to argue this. Wow, we're going to get into the gun control conversation on the abyss. Okay, cool. Let's, uh... I just think if you're a guy All who right. says more guns will save us, then you're a dummy. It's like George Carlin said. That's, like, fucking for abstinence. That doesn't work. Yeah. Um, But there is an absurdity to it that kind of extra helps put us in that headspace. There's a shot at the end... Which once we've defied like temperature and oxygen requirements for the human body, just no one can die underwater. Apparently, it's not that big a deal to be in this rig. We'll yeah, get to that in a minute. We'll get to There's that. There's a, a scene second. when <laughs> Bean takes off with his little fucking nuclear bomb. Yeah. And Cat's like, "Shoot him! You got the safety on." They start shooting at the submersible that is definitely carrying the nuke. Yeah. Oh my god. And I was like, again, it's like even our good guys are so fucking stupid. It's at the end when the aliens say they want us to stop being childish and grow up. And I was like, me too, man. Me too. <laughs> it's kind of this like beautiful, that perfect. Because it plays exactly like every movie of this ilk. Yeah. But it's so fucking perfect. That scene. I knew I had to finish the movie, but that scene, I was like, I'm about to turn this fucking movie off. They're saying to shoot at a fucking new. I'm like, I can't do it. But he's a hard American that's what we do we see a problem we're like you know what i'll fix it bullets bullets, bullets. it's and no one in the chamber yells stop the nuke no nobody cares honestly the nuclear warhead stuff becomes so and it's not even in light of this is a crazy thing not even in light 
of the discovery of underwater aliens, does the right. nuclear weapon storyline become any less like murky or useless? Like it, it, I, but, so I, yes. I watched, I watched the special edition, which has like whatever the subplot Same. is with the, um, with the, the cold war. There's like a cold war, um, undercurrent that, you know, you're supposed to gather from, uh, this one, even though by when this movie came out, the cold war was pretty much almost over. Um, by the time they just start saying Russian and nukes, we got it. Yeah, I get it. As soon as you say Russian and nukes, I'm like, 80s? Cool. No problem. Got it. <laughs> like, it's so obvious. And it was one of those things, though, where I was just like, once the underwater, like, once the that, like, defining scene happens with the, like, alien, like, water penis, which is cool, but also one of those things where I was just like, okay. Who gives a shit about the nuclear sub? Like, I don't fucking care. Like, just like let it blow up under like ma- uh, like blow it up in the Mariana Trench and be done with it. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I cannot imagine it yeah. mattering at all. The moment of that though is beautiful because you see these people that see this water tentacle and they're in awe of it, right? Yeah. And it's communicating with them, and they're like, "Great." Mm-hmm. Michael Biehn sees it and he's like, "Ah!" And he no. shuts the door on it. Yeah. And he says, "Dave was going for the nuke, and they think it's cute." So the nuke just operates as this. If you give humans a chance to be scared yeah. and make the wrong choice, for sure we will. And it's this illustration that it only takes one or two of us to make really bad choices to fucking ruin <laughs> everything. If most of us sit back and just say, like, again, Queen Bitch of the Universe is 100% right. Yeah. And they should have fucking beat their ass right there, mm-hmm. taken that fucking nuke and just got it off the ship and disarmed it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of just admitting she's right, they just keep kind of insulting her and telling her to pipe down. Constantly. And uh, that's the thing. If all of you just go, hey, man, let's be apathetic. A couple people can really fuck everything up. Only, and this is, this only is in- kind of the... This is this is an interesting thing that this movie the re it's it's amazing that it soars as much as it does or glides on the wings of a fucking jellyfish, um, because <laughs> everything in the movie when you take a step back is so trivial. Yeah, every this is one of those things I'm kind of fascinated by with movies as I get older and older, is there is not a really tense moment in this whole movie if you actually stop and think about it. The whole movie's built on the tension of survival, right? This, like, we got to survive. We got to do Is there anyone who thinks that crane is going to fucking fall on that station and kill our main characters? No. But that's a pretty long set piece. Is there anyone who thinks that that nuke is going to go off at any point in the movie? No. No. Is there anyone who, for even half a second, thinks that uh, Michael Bean is going to kill Ed Harris in that knife fight? No. I think it's Does weird. anyone think that she's not going to wake up when he drags her 15 minutes across the bottom of the ocean that she's not going to wake up or that she's going to have such brain damage they're just going to roll her back in the water and put her <laughs> out of her misery? Yeah. Because that's the thing. There's nothing in this movie that you actually expect to go a different way. And this is something we've been having a lot of discussions about writing our own shit is there's this, it needs to be tense and thrilling and this and that. And you're always trying to figure out how to keep an audience engaged. And this movie, just through sheer power of performance and visuals, just accomplishes it. But you're never, no one thinks she's not waking up in that scene that feels like it's 10 minutes long. No one thinks she's not waking up. Yeah. It, 
I think this is again like this is the superpower of this movie is there's just enough like emotional tension to bring yeah. you through because there's yes. already I think that there's already so much at stake when you go like you know you're you're a claustrophobic person there's so much at stake oh, you couldn't get me in one of these things no if you gave me a billion dollars I'd say sorry kids <laughs> we're not I think we're not gonna be rich like, ever but I think that's like the clever trick of the abyss is like the underwaterness of it already is so monumentally terrifying in its own right. way. Like the pressure is on already when all these other things are added, but the stakes, but we all know like to get through, like all you have to do is look at the runtime of the movie and be like for three fucking hours. They pull this exact end. trick. And I think you hit on it, right? The scene where he's waking her up. We're like, we know she's waking up. Yeah. She's going There's to no up. tension. It's not thrilling. It's not exciting. But you know what is watching Ed Harris go through that journey. Yeah, Ed Harris is going through like this emotional journey. Watching like, Ed Harris it's, fucking ride that lightning. It's a genius. Yeah. It's a genius storytelling technique. That's because, that A-list movie shit. Because if me and yeah. you made this scene as a short film with no budget, no one's watching that for seven minutes of us yeah. trying, like me just pound, like us pounding each other's tits and being I like, think, wake up. We go. I think that <laughs> I think this is that. like the thing that James Cameron knows to do in movies like this. Which movies in general, this is what he does better than anybody. Because the same thing with Titan it's the same thing with Titanic, by the way. Like, we all know that motherfucking shit. We ship's know what's happening, down. yeah. He is a genius in this You're regard. kind of overwhelmed by the machinations of the visuals yeah. and the production, and then so, the actors are great. The visuals are so big and you're like, whoa, what a scene we've set up here my god that he knows he's like all right cool i got him for three whole fucking hours yeah well it's something i find fascinating because as we go through it i was like there's so few movies that you don't pretty much know how every scene's gonna end when it starts yeah like it's so fucking rare like even i didn't like it at all but that uh burn after reading movie there's so few moments where like a brad pitt sticks his head out and gets fucking shot and you're like Oh my God. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like those moments you almost never get. And so I think that's kind of something I'm really honing in on as I get older is how do you keep this, this tension, this dynamic, how do you keep it engaging? Yeah. When we're all looking at the same, I think it, destination, again, he does it better than anybody, which is just, yeah. it's emotional stakes that are, it's emotional stakes and this emotional tension that we already under pressure in a situation in the movie right. sit there and go, Oh my God, wait a second. I'm yeah. feeling the, I'm already like, I'm already underwater. There's already so much tension. And like, yeah. it's like when we were watching underwater is like, there's no way this doesn't end badly, but you're right. already underwater. You don't need to add to the tension or anything well, like, like that. So what you this do one, is you we've assign done so much with it. the wedding ring. We know she's going to live. Yeah. So absolutely. I just I find this scene especially fascinating because mm -hmm. it it really stops and holds. And it's like this is an important scene. Yeah. And my brain is telling me this is the least important scene in any movie I've ever watched. Like the the magical she'll just survive 15 minutes with no oxygen. Well, like she's she, going to come back <laughs> when it start when the when the when the uh, when the. Dude, the, I just watched the verdict with Paul Newman, right? It's mm -hmm. a he's like an old ass alcoholic lawyer. Yeah. 
they have a, a piece of evidence in that trial. It's like, how long could the brain be without oxygen before brain damage starts? And one of the doctors was like, as little as three minutes. It just all depends. So, and I was like, 15 minutes, even frozen. So, like, that's like that. Yeah. So, that's this. <laughs> that's this, like, bad science thing that I think he's really good at is you read, like, one thing. Yeah. And it's one sentence. You're like, okay, I can make that work in the movie. And you're like, cool. You didn't read the other sentence, though, where it says the person comes back, like, massively brain damaged anyways. <laughs> like, yeah. Then you got to float them up in Pet Cemetery, their ass. No, but it's it's like like the, you know, it's freezing out there, but everyone's just going for a dip. And then he's like, I got to catch Michael Bean on Big Cat. And he just jumps in, but with no gloves again. Yeah. And I was like, dude, your fingers are going to fucking fall off your butt. And again, I'm not here to say that science should win but at the expense of no, 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 an no, no, awesome no, no. movie. I, I get what you're saying, though. And this but is the like, point that I'm trying to get is. at is I think it's funny when these I. I just think it's such an important filmmaking technique. It is. How do you keep us so captivated by any fucking methodology you have, yeah. right, without doing anything truly interesting or thrilling or surprising? You know, I think- like there's none of us that think that Michael Bean is going to ram that sub into the other <laughs> sub and they're not getting out of there, right? I, yeah. It's something, and I'm sure there are people listening to me and they're like, yeah, that's a movie, you fucking idiot. Fair enough. And I but- agree. And I've always watched movies that but way. See, but there's something like, when you start trying to make your own stories. Right. You're like, that is such a harder bullseye to hit than I think we give it credit for. I often. think that is the trick of the abyss and like major. That's, that's spe- real filmmaking shit versus like we just yeah. all throw our stuff up. But that's like the trick of the abyss and major spectacle filmmaking in general is. Yes. The emotional tension you have to like. The emotional tension is what makes you want to watch a movie. Like, it's like, in my opinion, people do not go to the movies to, people go to the movies for like spectacle, but you can't stay for that. That's like, that's what 90 minute movies do. And that's awesome. Like, that's I what love, gets you in the door. That 90 minute movies are exactly what that's built for. I think this is like the thing with, um, this is the thing with, like, Christopher Nolan, James Cameron, like these larger, these larger scale filmmakers is spectacle gets you in the door. What you have to do is give the emotional tension for all the characters involved so that you actually get people assigning themselves to these characters. It's, it's, yeah. that's what good writing is. It's, and I think that's and it's like the thing. Cause they can't yeah. take a lot of chances at this scale. Right. No, not at and all. So it, to me, I think back and I was like, I am not, I think Avatar is pretty fucking overrated film, right? Yes. But I still remember vividly that fucking tree being shot down and burned by the military. Yeah. And watching the Smurf that Zoe Saldana plays mm-hmm. just howling. Yeah. And just remembering being like, even through the cartoon facade, feeling that moment so deep in my soul. Yeah. Like that moment of the tree burning and them running, I was like, that is one of the most powerful scenes I've seen on a big screen in my life. In a movie that I would argue, on like a kind of narrative, like heartstring level, achieves pretty much nothing. Pretty low. Yeah. 
I was like, yeah, it'd be cool to be on a planet where I could just like attach my dick to everything. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, you know, that's cool. I'd like to be 12 foot tall and not have back pain. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, but that moment is thunderous when it comes. I think and I think that's... the abyss is just a better version of that yeah. where you're really so in with Ed Harris the whole time that it's almost this weird thing that we set up in a lot of these movies where here's a character we like or a group of characters we like and we know we're just going to watch them get tortured mm-hmm. and they're going to be it's almost like a Jesus thing. It's like built into our culture. Yeah, it's totally. like, yeah, we'll torture him, torture him, torture him, and they'll rise after three days, and we're all the better for it. Anywho, not to behoove the point. Uh, but I do not, think... Behoove is not even the right word. Belabor. But, like, what you're saying is correct, though, is, like, it's a critical error to assume people go to the movies to not feel something. And I think that's something that I James Cameron... The, the movies we love, that's the trick. Yeah, James Cameron understands that in a way that a lot of people probably can't. So he knows people are going to sit there for three hours to feel something that feel something and see something they didn't expect. And like, I just, there's something really, yeah. Like there's something really simple about the abyss. This is not a bad thing, by the way. I, I think that the simpler, the better when it comes to a three hour movie, but there's something really simple Ooh. and really human humanizing about the abyss mm-hmm. that, ultimately just it does like kind of you just you have to just it takes you it takes you back you just you're taken aback by it almost yeah really it's, fast it's, it's really fascinating it's simple good and bad there's no gray area there's no moment where we don't know the outcome of a scene mm-hmm. but everything's done so well that it's kind of, i guess in a way it's you know it's the roller coaster analogy we're scared, even though we know that the 10,000 rides before us, no one's died or gotten thrown off this fucking thing. But we're still scared, right? We're in like a handshake agreement where it's like, just thrill me and give me that. Yeah. But yeah, this movie's a great example of like these scenes that on the surface to me should not work, but are really good. Um, all right, let's talk aliens. Aliens? Aliens. aliens. I like... Um, I, I, I gotta like say, good, I like a good the design of these aliens... I've always thought kind of sucked. Dude. <laughs> I it's like, like if good... you put Mac and me in like a jellyfish glider suit and it's like, all right, I like a good, I like a good starlight express stingray. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm just, you know, there's a part of me that is Ed. Cause I love the scene when he's like diffusing the nuke and he just types one way ticket. I had to go. And when he says, love you wife, I was like crying. Yeah. Oh yeah. That is, like I, an was, emotion. I was, that is a... I was like, Ed Harris is the man. I love that moment. Like that's again, they're paying off those emotional moments that I when because he doesn't just say bye, bitch, right? Which is what you expect. Or quiet, bitch. I'm trying to fucking die here in peace. When he says wife, I was like, because you can tell that now it only took them murdering each other before they found love at the edge of the (laughs) abyss. Um, but I was like crying in that moment. I was like, I love it. And then we go on this kind of Technicolor flight of fancy. Technicolor flight of fancy. I don't know. Look, like I'm Ed not... Harris with his mouth slightly agape, right? Like he looks like a kid who sees like the rock for the first time. How about halfway through the journey? He's like about to pass out. I'm like, well, oh. he is dying of oxygen deprivation right. and probably going 800 knots. Right. Um, but I was like, it's just not, I don't, I don't think it's this like visual uh, grand slam that the movie all I, thinks it all is. All I could, all I could think of when that, when his like, when his eyes are fluttering, I was like, I was like, 
We're all there, Ed Harris. Trust me. We're almost to the end yeah. of this. Don't worry. It reminds me if you've ever had like a six-month-old baby and you're like, they're barely functioning meat bags at that point. And I was like, here, this is Star Wars. It's important to me. And you see the lights like bouncing off their <laughs> face. Like, eh, milk. Right? They can't talk. Their yeah. mouths are open. I don't That's care. That's what Ed Harris looks like in this scene. Yeah. Um, I do like the defend yourself. I think it's kind of funny that they make this guy like answer for all of our – like they just start showing brutal – b-roll of all of our sins as a species yeah by the way you'd think here's the other the, thing you'd think that this alien underwater alien species would have a better connection yet they're only work they're pretty much working with vhs it's kind of sad how are you pirating these feeds no <laughs> there, there's kind this of like we two found really USB fucking ports. stupid things you have to like take out of the equation i think it's interesting i like ed harris kind of standing up for us and they're like oh because he was not they must not have heard all the other shit he was saying about his wife but they're like because yeah, he, he said called wife his wife a bitch for like yeah. two hours but sure i was like thank god there was no fucking camera they could have received on the the rig oh wait there was um i like two things right which is one they've decided to save us because of ed harris's text message they still decide, hey, let's throw up giant waves that's definitely going to alter the entire like movement of the Earth just to let them know that we can still fuck them up as By we the way, want them here. to be. Yeah, it's like, guys, we want you to be cooler like us. It is also, like, we will fuck you up. It's like legendary <laughs> finger wag. Like, mm -mm -mm. Yeah. Uh, guys, uh, we're uh. a peaceful species, very high-minded. Also, we will fucking knock you out for good. Right? Like, how many people died in the riots that that caused? Oh, my God. Like ton, like children being trampled under. There's just aliens. Like, see how easy this is. Yeah, when they when they start sweeping off Santa Monica or wherever they film that, there's just like 80 kids that look like a gusher snack that got left on the fucking parking lot, uh, because they had to tell us to be cooler and like that's insane. Also, if you have all this footage of like, you know, I don't know if they had like the Tiananmen Square shit, like whatever it was, but there was definitely footage of people being shot in the head, bound, put in mass graves. I was like. Maybe you should have done the wave thing during the Holocaust. Or, like maybe uh, if you have footage of all this stuff, why didn't you do the waves yeah. then? What was the deal with World War II? Were you just yeah. watching? Or was you that... saw World War II and you're like, let's give them another let's 50 just, years. Let's just toss they're back some popcorn this, and watch right? this thing. They, yeah. There's what just the a hell? mass genocide and a huge war. I'm sure. And then they see Nam and they're like... Yeah, not great another step in the wrong yet. direction but they're gonna be fine now we're just in a crisis now we're just in a standoff and they're like this is the moment we have to really fucking put the put the hammer down <laughs> i don't know what kind of like overwatch that is for a alien species that lives underwater maybe at that point they were also working with you know, Betamax, and then they just graduated into VHS, so they only caught the tail end of the Cold War. And they're like, "All right, this one where no one killed anybody. Yeah, this is the one the we got." Despite the I think you get the content, <laughs> aliens, right? It's like, and clearly thanks. they're moving around close to the surface. Who knew? Th who knew that these underwater aliens were just such like you know, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, media consuming snobs that there's like, oh, they're just our grandparents. They're just watching Fox News. They're like, I'm really worried. Yeah, thank God they were getting just, like, non-biased news coverage. God, yeah, imagine if, like, they press the button and it's just Rush Limbaugh down there. <laughs> yeah, like, all of it is, just, like, the what worst. What did they think? They thought that nuclear submarine, what, did they think those were, like, fucking Jimmy John sandwiches in the tubes? Yeah, yeah. You I, knew what was happening. I actually you the... knew. <laughs> Do you think they took that sub out on purpose? I'm always kind of like, you're... Do you actually, think they the, took that the sub that I... out on purpose? 
Maybe. Actually, the one I'm always curious about is uh, they never show the moon landing, and I'm like, oh, is that is that like jealousy? You don't want to talk about that? Is that like <laughs> they're just like well, no? They're prosecutors. They're not laying out our I, best defenses. I, I don't know. It's a strange. <laughs> Again, this this is like that. This is that James Cameron thing that like it's like eight 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 out of ten, like eight out of ten logic points. But the two logic points that you're going to, like, sweep under the rug are the ones you actually need to finish the movie. It's very well, I love the thing at the end, too, where the ship just brings them back up top. And it's like, I was like, oh, so they just don't have to take three weeks to decompress? And she goes, the aliens, they must have done something to our blood. And I was like, brilliant. That's brilliant. great writing. Way That's to, just great writing. Somehow <laughs> avoided the bends and all of the horrible decompression sickness it's, that absolutely will come. Yeah. So the, the stakes that we set up are just immediately erased by the pin's scribe. The scribe's pin. But brilliant. Yeah. No. Um, it's the nuclear bomb of I, any I sort gotta of, say, it's a nuclear bomb of any sort of movie. Movies. The, well, got him. <laughs> the alien ending on this <laughs> underwhelms. The journey of the abyss is fucking awesome. Yeah. This movie definitely needs to cut an hour out somewhere. Yeah, the ending is. This bad. might be where I start because this is the thing we watched. We watched the good guys win over the bad evil Michael Bean as he fucking gets imploded in the thing. Right. We've already seen good triumph over evil. Now we're just going down for these this sub subpar alien moment where they're like, that means that humanity as a whole can do it, and you're like. Yeah, but there's a lot more Marines up there, and they can actually fire their guns. Yeah. Not that you, all Marines are like, going to be a lot of video, You have a lot of footage down here, but have you been up there? Because those motherfuckers are nuts. Yeah, and now that we live uh, 30, 40 years past this movie, your little waves did nothing. <laughs> your waves did anybody. nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, we're still childish. We're not putting away childish things. Uh, you know when she says the sub is World War Three in a can, yeah. they knew that too. Yeah. Uh, here we go. I love Virgil is texting really slow this whole thing, right? I have some new friends down here. Guess they've been here a while. It bothers them to see us hurt each other, except for on the rig. They'll let us fucking kill all of our friends on the rig. Could have stepped in much earlier, but they didn't. Uh, they want us to grow a bit. And then they cut to the colonel on the fucking ship above air, and he's like, Ugh. The other guy's like, looks like you may be out of a job. Uh, again, like, pretty cool. Wh what if, whatever the like, pretty good speech for that little armband, that quarterback armband. <laughs> <laughs> the level of like, every time the military industrial complex makes its way into a James Cameron movie, it's like, it's all right. Everybody who's involved in the army has only one thought all the time, always, and you're just like, yeah, I get it, like. I mean, is there ever going to be anything more interesting than this? I mean, yeah, I'm not saying it's wrong, but I also know a lot of people conception in the army of like a military that. predicts how they will view. Every there is problem. like a level of hive mind, though, that every yeah. single is military this the most compressed two dimensional version of that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You. Is there room Thank for you. nuance when examining uh, a character in a James Cameron movie? absolutely not we got a spectacle we got spectacle <laughs> did yeah, you see the cgi back here and i can hear someone shit. saying well in avatar that's nuanced because he was a soldier and he i was like yeah he's a guy in a wheelchair who now gets to be a 12 foot tall 
yeah. super no alien who he gets a new uh, lease bangs on people life. in trees. That's not nuanced. That's not really a great choice. Now, if Stephen Lang's character had made the choice, that's nuance. No. That's Instead, nuance. he was forced into it. So, yeah. Instead, he was forced into it, and we did the exact same movie. But now the unobtainium can swim. But now it's, it's like water. Sick. sick, dude. Now it's sick, bro. Now it's goo from a pineal yeah. gland. Like in this from movie should have been called The Way of the Water, and it's fucking better than Avatar Two. I hate to break it to you, bitches. No, <laughs> um, it's just a movie I just enjoy checking back with. It's just it's just a wild ride. It's no Aliens, but it's better than the Avatars. It's it's just this really like fucking awesome impressive piece of work from james cameron i fucking love this movie it is i agree it's great i love this movie that's it and i love you time to dry off the pod is wit no more but our pantaloons may be wet because the october mega marathon starts next week so guys that's the deal 31 days 31 pods you're going to get a lot of notifications from us, so stay with us. Don't silence the notifications. Uh, we'll have the schedule out so you guys can see everything that we have. We're solidifying one last movie, and then we'll have the entire lineup ready. We'll post that on all our socials. We'll post it week to week. We'll break down the week so you can keep up with us uh, on your own watch list. We will tell you, if you want a place to start, I would watch all of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. All of the Phantasm movies and Scream 5 and 6 and Evil Dead Rise. If you wanted to start there, that'll give you plenty of homework to start with. It's going to be an awesome month. Our friends came back to help make it amazing. So we got a lot of good stuff for you over there. So uh, again, to get all the episodes, go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Help support the show, especially this time of year. It means the world to us. Uh, Please, patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Make sure you're messaging your friends, letting them know what we're working on. Uh, make sure you're sharing stuff on all your socials. We appreciate it. This is a, a gargantuan undertaking every year that we do out of love. And so the more that you guys uh, can help us spread the word, we appreciate it. The YouTube Film Alchemist. Uh, five-star ratings and reviews. Appreciate it. That's it for us. We'll see you for the October Mega Marathon. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Ed Harris.